Homilies 41 through 43 of 50 Spiritual Homilies of St. Macarius the Egyptian Translated by A. J. Mason This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Homily 41 Very deep are the secret chambers of the soul, which grows in part with the growth of grace or of wickednesses. The precious vessel of the soul is of great depth, as it says in a certain place, he seeketh out the deep and the heart. When man swerved from the commandment, and came under sentence of wrath, sin took him for her subject, and being herself like a great deep of bitterness, in subtlety and depth, she entered within and took possession of the ranges of the soul, even to the deepest inner chambers of it. In such fashion as this, let us liken the soul and sin when mixed with it, as if there should be a great big tree with many branches, and it has its roots in the deepest parts of the earth. So the sin which had come in, taking possession of the ranges of the deepest chambers of the soul, came to be customary and to have the first say, growing up with each man from infancy, and going up and down with him, and instructing him in evil things. When, therefore, the influence of divine grace has overshadowed the soul according to the measure of each man's faith, and he receives help from on high, still grace has overshadowed him only in part. Let not a man imagine that his whole soul has been enlightened. There is still a large range of wickedness within, and the man has need of much labor and pains corresponding to the grace given him. That is the reason why divine grace began to visit the soul only in part, though it had power to cleanse and perfect the man in the turn of an hour, in order to test the man's purpose, whether he preserves his love towards God entire, not complying with the evil one in anything, but lending himself wholly to grace. In this way the soul, approving itself time after time, and grieving grace in nothing, nor using it despitefully, is helped by this method of little by little. And grace itself finds range in the soul, and strikes root even to the deepest parts and reasonings of it, when the soul on many occasions approves itself and corresponds with grace, until the whole soul is embraced by the heavenly grace, which thenceforth reigns in the vessel itself. But if any one is not very humble, he is delivered to Satan, and is stripped naked of the divine grace that was given him, and is tempted with many afflictions, and then his self-esteem is shown in its true colors, because in reality he is naked and wretched. He who is rich in the grace of God ought to be very humble and contrite of heart, and to consider himself as poor and having nothing. None of it is his own. Another gave it him, and takes it away when he pleases. He who humbles himself thus before God and men is able to keep the grace that was given to him, as the Lord says, He that humbleth himself shall be exalted. Elect though he be of God, let him be reprobate to himself. And being really faithful, 
let him consider himself unworthy. Such souls are well-pleasing to God, and are quickened in Christ, to whom be glory and might for ever. Amen. Homily 42 Not external things, but internal, advance or injure a man, namely the spirit of grace or the spirit of wickedness. Suppose there is a great city, and it is deserted, the walls all broken down, and it be taken by enemies, its greatness is of no use. Care then must be taken in proportion to its greatness, that it should have strong walls, that the enemy may not come in. In like manner, souls adorned with knowledge and intelligence and acuteness of mind are like great cities but careful inquiry must be made whether they are fortified with the power of the Spirit, lest the enemy should get into them and lay them to waste. The wise men of the world, Aristotle or Plato or Socrates, being prudent in knowledge, were like great cities, but they were made waste by enemies because the Spirit of God was not in them. But as many simple folk as are partakers of grace are like little cities fortified by the power of the cross. They only fall from grace for two causes, and perish either because they cannot bear the afflictions that are brought upon them, or because, having tasted the sweets of the pleasures of sin, they continued in them. Those who tread the way cannot go through without temptations as in childbirth the beggar and the queen have the same pangs, and as the rich man's land and the poor man's alike, if they receive not the necessary culture, cannot bear worthy fruits, so in the culture of the soul not the wise man, not the rich man, reigns in grace, unless through endurance and afflictions and many a labor. The life of Christians ought to be of that kind, as honey, being sweet, does not admit of anything bitter or poisonous. So Christians are good to all who come near them, good or bad, as the Lord says. Be ye good, like your heavenly Father. The thing that injures and pollutes a man is from within. Out of the heart proceed evil thoughts, as the Lord says because the things which defile the man are from within. From within, creeping and advancing in the soul, is the spirit of wickedness, calculating, inciting, which is the veil of darkness, the old man, which those who flee to God must put off, and put on the heavenly new man, which is Christ. Nothing outside can hurt a man. Only the spirit of darkness dwelling in the heart, alive and active, so that every one in his thoughts ought to possess the conflict, that Christ may shine upon his heart. To whom be glory for ever. Amen. Homily 43 Concerning the progress of a Christian man, the whole power of which depends upon the heart as is here described in various ways. As many lamps and burning torches are kindled from the fire, 
but all the torches and lamps are kindled and shine from a single nature. So Christians are kindled and shine from a single nature, the divine fire, the Son of God, and have their torches burning in their hearts, and shine before Him while on earth as He did. For it says, Therefore hath God, even thy God, anointed thee with the oil of gladness. That is why He was called Christ, in order that we also, being anointed with the same oil with which He was anointed, might become Christ's, of the one substance and one body. It says again, Both he that sanctifieth and they which are sanctified are all of one. Christians, then, in one direction are like lamps containing the oil in themselves, that is, the fruits of righteousness. But if it be not kindled from the lamp of Godhead within them, they are nothing. The Lord was the burning lamp, because of the Spirit of the Godhead, which abode substantially in Him, and set on fire His heart according to His human nature. As if there were a rotten pouch filled with pearls, so Christians ought to be lowly and easily despised in the outward man. But inwardly in the inner man they have the pearl of great price. Others are like to whited sepulchres, outwardly painted and decorated, but within full of dead men's bones, of much stench and unclean spirits. They are dead from God, and clothed with all shame and filthiness, and with the darkness of the adversary. The Apostle says that the child, so long as he is little, is under tutors and governors of evil spirits, which spirits do not wish the child to grow up, lest he should become a full-grown man, and begin to aim at the advantage of the house, and to claim the lordship. The Christian ought at all times to have God in remembrance, for it is written, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, that he may love the Lord not only when he goes into the place of prayer, but that in walking and talking and eating he may have the remembrance of God and love and dutiful affection for him. It says, Where thy mind is, there also is thy treasure. To whatever thing a man's heart is tied and where his desire draws him, that is his God. If the heart at all times desires God, he is the Lord of his heart. But if a man, after renouncing and making himself without possessions, and without home, and fasting, if this one is still tied to the man that he is, or to worldly affairs, or to house, or to the charm of parents, where his heart is tied and his mind is captive, that is his God, and he is found to have gone out of the world by the front door, but to have entered and thrown himself into the world by the side door. As sticks thrown into the fire cannot resist the power of the fire, but are forthwith burned up, so the devil's desiring to fight with the man to whom the spirit has been vouchsafed are burned and consumed by the divine power of the fire, 
if only the man is at all times cleaving to the Lord, and keeping his trust and his hope towards him. And even if the devils are strong as strong mountains, they are burned by prayer like wax by fire. But meantime great is the struggle and the battle against them which awaits the soul. There are rivers of dragons and mouths of lions. There is fire which flames into the soul. As the perfect evildoer, drunk with the spirit of error, is insatiable to evil, either murdering or committing adultery, so Christians, when they have been baptized into the Holy Spirit, are without experience of evil. But those who have grace, but are still mingled with sin, these are subject to fear, and travel through fearful places. For as merchants on a voyage, though they find a wind to suit them, and the sea calm, but have not yet reached the haven, are always subject to fear, lest suddenly a contrary wind should stir, and the sea rise into billows, and the ship be in peril. So Christians, even if they have in themselves a favorable wind of the Holy Spirit blowing, are nevertheless yet subject to fear, lest the wind of the adverse power should rise and blow on them, and stir disturbance and billows for their souls. There is need, therefore, of great diligence, that we may arrive at the haven of rest, at the perfect world, at the eternal life and pleasure, at the city of the saints, at the heavenly Jerusalem, at the church of the firstborn. Unless a man gets through these measures, he is under much fear, lest in the meantime the evil power should effect some fall. As a woman who conceived carries her babe within in the dark, so to speak, and in covert, but if by and by the child comes forth at the proper time, it sees a new creation, which it never saw before, of sky and earth and sun, and immediately friends and kinsfolk with cheerful countenances receive it into their arms. But if through some derangement it happens that the child is displaced, then the surgeons whose business it is are obliged to use the knife, and the child is thus found to pass from death to death, from darkness to darkness. So think of what happens in the spiritual world. As many as have received the seed of the Godhead, these have it invisibly, and because of sin which dwells there also, they conceal it in dark and obscure places. If therefore they make themselves sure and preserve the seed, these in due time are visibly born again, and then at the dissolution of the body the angels and all the companies above receive them with cheerful countenances. But if after receiving the weapons of Christ to fight manfully a man grows slack, such a one is immediately delivered over to the enemies, and at the dissolution of the body passes from the darkness which now encompasses him to another and a worse darkness, and to perdition. Suppose there to be a garden with many fruit trees and other sweet-smelling plants, and that it were all well tilled and laid out for beauty, 
and that it also had a small wall by way of hedge to preserve it. And suppose that a vehement stream goes through there, though but a little of the water dashes against the wall and saps the foundation, it gets itself a course, and little by little breaks up the foundation, and finds entrance and tears its way, and roots up all the plants, and mars all the tilling, and makes it fruitless. So it is with man's heart. It has its good thoughts, but the streams of evil also are always near the heart, desiring to cast it down, and to incline it to its own side. Then if the mind be ever so little light, and yield to unclean thoughts, behold, the spirits of error have found scope, and have entered in, and have overturned the beauties that were there, and have destroyed the good thoughts and laid the soul waste. As the eye is little in comparison of all the members, and the pupil, small as it is, is a great vessel, because it sees at one glance sky, star, sun, moon, cities, and other creatures, and likewise these things, seen at the glance, are formed and imaged in the little pupil of the eye. So is the mind in the heart, and the heart itself is but a little vessel. And yet there are dragons, and there lions, and there venomous beasts, and all the treasures of wickedness. And there are rough, uneven ways, there chasms. There likewise is God, there the angels, there life and the kingdom their light and the apostles, their the heavenly cities, their the treasures, their are all things. For as is a fog laid upon all the world, so that man sees not man, so is the darkness of this age laid upon all creation and upon every nature of man from the transgression. For which cause, being overshadowed of the darkness, they are in night, and pass their lives in dreadful places. And as is a thick smoke in a single house, so is sin, with its filthy thoughts, settling upon the thoughts of the heart, and creeping over them, and an infinite multitude of devils. As in the natural order, when a war is in preparation, the wise men and the great personages do not go to it, but fear death and stay away, and raw recruits and the poor and the ignorant are put forward. And so it falls out that they get a victory over the enemies, and pursue them out of their borders, and receive from the king rewards of victory and crowns, and come to promotions and dignities, and those great ones are found to be behind them so it is in the spiritual order. The ignorant begin by hearing the word, and do the work thereof with the love of the truth in their thoughts, and receive from God the grace of the Spirit. While the wise, and those who seek the word in subtle fashion, these fly from the war, and make no advancement, and are found behind those who fought and conquered as, when the winds blow vehemently, they move all the creatures under heaven, 
and succeed in making a great sound. So the power of the enemy buffets and carries the thoughts along, and shakes the depths of the heart at will, and scatters the thoughts for its own advantage. Like tax collectors sitting in the narrow ways, and laying hold upon the passers-by, and extorting from them, so do the devils spy upon souls, and lay hold of them. And when they pass out of the body, if they are not perfectly cleansed, they do not suffer them to mount up to the mansions of heaven, and to meet their Lord, and they are driven down by the devils of the air. But if whilst they are yet in the flesh, they shall with much labor and effort obtain from the Lord the grace from on high, assuredly these, together with those who through virtuous living are at rest, shall go to the Lord, as he promised. Where I am, there shall also my servant be and to endless ages they reign with the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost, now and ever into the ages of ages. Amen. End of Homily 43